if Wells Fargo had reduced its outside legal consulting and professional expenditures by half and took the money to invest and implement a culture of compliance, you can rest assured that Wells Fargo would be able to turn around its organization. But such a result, I think, requires wholesale change from the senior executives on down and requires a real commitment to embedding and then monitoring and then remediating your culture as needed. Global companies face unprecedented risks and challenges in today's economy. To mitigate these legal and economic risks, companies are rapidly embracing and elevating the importance of robust ethics and compliance programs to promote positive corporate citizenship. On Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, you'll hear from industry leaders and insiders about how to create effective ethics and compliance programs that will mitigate risks and maximize financial performance. Here's your host, Michael Volkov. Well, hello. We're going to review today Wells Fargo and its $30 million settlement for OFAC sanctions violations. Hello, everyone. It's Mike Volkoff here. And yet again, we're returning to Wells Fargo and another enforcement or regulatory action. It's almost tiring, but I would say this. We're never going to see a company that will ever match Wells Fargo for its lengthy record of misconduct and lengthy record of failures to remediate. So the latest in its, what I call the grand slam of enforcement is its recent payment of $30 million to OFAC for sanctions violations. And they occurred during a seven-year period, 2008 to 2015, and stemmed from its acquisition of Wachovia Bank. And Wells Fargo provided a foreign bank, part of a predecessor Wachovia, with trade finance software that Wachovia used to process trade financing transactions with U.S. sanctioned entities and individuals. And Wachovia, which was then owned by Wells Fargo, customized the software and then used it to conduct transactions that it knew or should have known would involve sanctioned entities and individuals. Going back, remember, Wells Fargo acquired Wachovia during the financial crisis and meltdown of 2008. It inherited Wachovia's trade relationship with the European bank, who we'll call Bank A. And the trade insourcing platform for trade financing purposes included two versions. One where Wells Fargo processed trade transactions on behalf of a customer, and one where it provided the software to the customer and the customer managed the transaction itself. And the trade software operated on a platform called Exum Bills. Now, what happened was at the direction of a mid-level manager, Wachovia designed a customized version of Exum Bills for Bank A to host all of Bank A's trade financing activities, including screening and managing OFAC compliance issues. The transaction was completed by 2008, hence when Wells Fargo took over. And as part of the bank program, Bank A handled exclusively the processing of any transactions that might involve a sanctioned jurisdiction entity or individual. Seven of the violations at issue here, and there were 124 altogether, occurred during this process. The 124 violations occurred despite Bank A's conduct of the transactions with continued involvement of Wells Fargo's technology infrastructure at its branch in Hong Kong and the use of its data facility in North Carolina. 
the total value of the illegal transactions was approximately $532 million. The 124 violations involved three separate OFAC sanctions programs applying to Iran, Sudan, and Syria. Tellingly, Wells Fargo did not stop the European bank's illegal transactions despite concerns raised internally on several occasions following Wells Fargo's acquisition of Wachovia. Wells Fargo voluntarily disclosed the conduct in 2015 to OFAC. Now, under OFAC's penalty calculations, Wells Fargo demonstrated reckless disregard for U.S. sanctions requirements using the technology infrastructure that it both knew or should have known would have included transactions with sanctioned jurisdictions, entities, and individuals. Furthermore, OFAC found that Wells Fargo failed to exercise a minimal degree of caution or care in failing to identify and prevent such transactions for seven years after it acquired Wachovia, despite potential sanctions concerns raised internally at senior management levels on multiple occasions. And despite these overall findings, OFAC noted that aside from this part of Wells Fargo's operations, the overall bank had a strong sanctions compliance program. And notwithstanding this fact, OFAC appeared incredulous that Wells Fargo would not have identified Wachovia's specific trade financing and insourcing operations as a high-risk sanctions compliance activity. In this respect, OFAC noted that the Wachovia breakdown was not part of any systemic breakdown in OFAC compliance across the organization. Now, OFAC cited Wells Fargo's remedial efforts. Wells Fargo immediately suspended its relationship with Bank A once it concluded, which took seven years, by the way, that its operations violated OFAC sanctions programs. And Wells Fargo assumed direct responsibility for Bank A's operations and conduct of screening of all transactions itself to ensure compliance. That sets the stage, and I want to take a deeper dive only because I want to show and outline some of the fumbles that occurred in terms of concerns that were raised and never responded to. And this, I guess, gets to the absence of any real culture that Wells Fargo had or commitment to integrity. And it occurred in this overall culture, and it's not surprising that it took seven years again, once you hear all the relevant facts, seven years for Wells Fargo to uncover and then stop the illegal activity. Now, Wells Fargo always has provided and continues to provide examples that we all can learn from. And in some cases, that's why I go through these sort of details. Some of them make me shudder when I consider the consequences. But Wells Fargo's conduct here, when exposed and considered, is not just inexplicable, but reminds all of us on the importance of corporate culture of ethics and compliance. If Wells Fargo had reduced its outside legal consulting and professional expenditures by half and took the money to invest and implement a culture of compliance, you can rest assured that Wells Fargo would be able to turn around its organization. But such a result, I think, requires wholesale change from the senior executives on down and requires a real commitment to embedding and then monitoring and then remediating your culture as needed. Now, Wells Fargo forgot a basic point. OFAC sanctions prohibit facilitation of transactions that violate a specific sanctions program. And such facilitation in this case was easy to determine that it violated OFAC requirements. Here they provided technical support 
infrastructure and data services to Bank A in Europe, a third party, which in turn conducted 124 illegal transactions. At the core of the problem was Wells Fargo's actions through its predecessor Wachovia in revamping the software platform Exim Bills to conduct otherwise prohibited transactions. Wells Fargo knew better and had several opportunities to right itself when the issue was raised on various occasions by internal employees and managers. But Wells Fargo, consistent with its history, ignored these concerns when raised and continued unabated. Now, according to OFAC, none of Wachovia's or Wells Fargo's senior management directed or had actual knowledge of Bank A's use of the XM Bill's platform to conduct the violations. Internally, OFAC found that there were inconsistent communications as to whether the transactions themselves triggered Wells Fargo's liability for sanctions violations. Notwithstanding this uncertainty, OFAC concluded that Wells Fargo's senior management should have known that use of the Exum Bill platform would violate or cause violations of OFAC sanctions requirements. After Wells Fargo acquired Wachovia in 2008, Wells Fargo personnel raised on multiple occasions, including senior management, the potential for violating OFAC sanctions based on this inherited relationship and the procedures that they inherited from Wachovia. Nonetheless, and unsurprisingly, Wells Fargo had no process in place to review Bank A's use of XM bills to confirm whether its operations complied with OFAC sanctions program. It took Wells Fargo's until 2015 to stop Bank A from conducting transactions that violated OFAC sanctions. For example, a 2009 risk assessment of the trade sourcing businesses did not identify any risks associated with the program, and contemporaneous emails between Wells Fargo and Wachovia compliance and legal teams raised serious questions about OFAC compliance, but they weren't addressed. In 2010-2011, Wells Fargo and an outside consultant examined the trade and sourcing business and did not identify any risks associated with XM Bill's operation. In 2012, Wells Fargo legal personnel identified XM Bill's for sanctions compliance issues and specifically responded to an OFAC enforcement action that created or stemmed from similar issues like the XM Bill's platform. By the end of 2012, a separate group in Wells Fargo independently concluded that a deeper dive into trade insourcing sanctions risks was warranted. And in 2013, another OFAC enforcement action confirmed risks associated with operating a platform like XM Bills. As a result, Wells Fargo then created an internal working group of compliance, legal, and business representatives, including some legacy Wachovia personnel to address the compliance risks and issue. Unfortunately, the legacy Wachovia personnel withheld information about the legacy system and how it operated and how the XM Bill platform navigated sanctions risks. Despite reaching a faulty conclusion that the operation was a low-risk operation, the working group developed a plan to strengthen sanctions compliance language in relevant contracts obtain periodic certifications that the foreign banks were not placing potentially non-OFAC compliant items on XM bills, and periodically audit the foreign bank's XM bills data. 
Now, that plan was never implemented because the recommendations were rolled into a larger project that was reviewing the trade outsourcing insourcing business at a more holistic level. This resulted in Bank A continuing to process non-OFAC compliant transactions for at least two more years while this holistic review was conducted. It was not until 2014 when an internal audit report noted that the insourcing business needed corrective actions because of lack of contract consistency and inclusion of compliance provisions. The audit report did not address whether the relevant business was in fact low or high risk. So around 2015, during a business review of Bank A's activities in relationship with Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo ultimately and finally discovered that Bank A was processing transactions and trade instruments on the hosted version of XMBill's platform involving sanctions jurisdictions, entities, and persons, and that this activity was going on since 2008. The discovery was immediately reported to senior management, and Wells Fargo promptly suspended Bank A's exit access to XMBills and voluntarily disclosed the matter to OFAC. The issue was immediately escalated to senior management, and Wells Fargo promptly moved forward with a voluntary disclosure to OFAC and commenced a comprehensive investigation. OFAC noted in its settlement announcement that the Wells Fargo settlement highlights the risks that companies may face when employees pursue new business opportunities or preserve existing business relationships without proper oversight. Such oversight is important across all business units within an organization, including lines of business that may be small relative to the larger organization or that involve products or services falling outside the large organization's core business. Moreover, when sanctions compliance risks are raised internally, including concerns arising from smaller non-core business lines, companies should promptly seek to thoroughly investigate and address those risks. Finally, OFAC stated this action emphasizes the necessity for comprehensive due diligence regarding potential sanctions risks when one entity acquires another through merger or acquisition. Well, that's another in the line of Wells Fargo's illustrious history and a lot of lessons learned here and the importance of speak up culture and responding to concerns as they are raised obviously is significant. Wells Fargo stands with yet another lesson learned in the uh, compliance arena. Thanks again, everybody, and stay in touch and stay healthy, and we'll see you next week for another episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by subscribing on your favorite listening platform. To learn more and connect with Michael Volkov, go to volkovlaw.com. 